Exciting. It's been a minute since we've actually recorded the true podcast format. We've done several sidebars in preparation for this, but I think part of that was just trying to, to figure out what we wanted to accomplish in these podcasts. And uh, do you want me to share what we decided or do sure. you want to go into it? Well, what we wanted this to be, we've got a lot of things going on right now and i'll just i'll, I'll kind of rattle them off we've got a, a program that we developed called partners where we're going to be partnering with various businesses at least one maybe two maybe three maybe more over the next year and we've got a contest that runs through the end of october where people can go online to our website the jim and larry team.com uh, forward slash partners and you can actually go there and submit an application and we're willing to invest anywhere between five and six plus figures into those businesses. On top of that, we've got Nextcore, we've got the Jim and Larry show, we've got the Jim and Larry team, we've got all kinds of live events that we're doing, workshops, uh, we've got business services that we provide. And at the end of the day, what we realize is a lot of people don't know exactly who we are. And just to be real candid, when you find out, you may wanna run like hell. <laughs> and some actually have. Um, so, we wanted to give you a glimpse inside our life. It's not the normal life. It's not the normal situation. Um, I don't know any business leaders who are as transparent as we are about our failures, about our successes, while we're in the middle of effing up, right? We'll, we'll share with you exactly what's going on, the mistakes that we make. Um, but we wanted to give you an opportunity to get a peek inside our life because it's really important to know who you're doing business with, Larry's got COVID, w wants to know who you're doing business with um, before you choose to do business with them. So we thought, why not just put all the crap out there and let people decide, do I want to submit an application to be a partner? Do I want to watch their Facebook Live or do I want to block and delete? I actually got deleted from a Facebook group that I was a member of. I just, I just found out and they, right. they saw one of the Facebook Lives that we did and they, they deleted so but you know what it is what it is and i think that's a hard group to get deleted from too it is there are some assholes in that group and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, that guy talked about beating his wife and i got deleted for a post right well apparently not because i don't have skill and i got deleted uh but so we've had a lot going on you i mean we could just recap or we could just start well let's let's recap and start but here's what i want to say it, it, because if you're watching this and wondering you know do you want to do business with these guys or who are these guys we have a core underlying philosophy that that overrides everything that we do and and that is that everything's always working out it does and it, we just believe that even if things are looking really dismal really bad we always believe that things are working out. And it makes people mad. And it, it does because we're like, aren't you upset or shouldn't you be angry? And we have something we'll share with you later in the podcast that, <laughs> that happened this week. And 
you know, I asked Jim, like, how do you feel about your mad? And he's like, no, I think it's great. I'm like, oh, good, because so do I. Yeah, and <laughs> so, like, <you> know? <laughs> there was there was a, a two people I said this to in the last like couple of weeks, uh, and they both got COVID. And my response was, congratulations. Mm-hmm. And they were like offended. I'm like, no, you like you're talking, you're upright, you're walking, you're on the road to recovery. Don't you understand how great that is? The consequences could have been so much worse. And now you've got the antibodies and all kinds of things. So like we have a really interesting take on things. And I believe that what you put out comes back to you. What you think about, you bring about. So all of those things are true. And we have just a ridiculously annoying optimistic outlook on life and i'm okay with it being annoying to those that don't have that outlook because maybe you could take lessons right it it makes a difference your attitude is truly everything is because we believe that everything always does seem to work out so it um, does it does. For example, let's yeah. let's just get right into it. So we've been we received an application for the partners program from a company in Indianapolis. More on that at another time. This is not the time. But in short, we've been traveling back and forth to Indianapolis quite a bit, and we met uh, a gentleman there that does some really cool technology. So I was taking my son there. Larry and I went. Both my boys went. Um, but. The long and the short of it is we had several reasons why we were going back and forth to Indianapolis. And the last time we drove to Indianapolis, what happened, Larry? The car just died. The transmission blew out. And the car is still, we're in St. Louis, the car is still in Indianapolis and will still be there for an indefinite period of time. But I think they- Have you heard from them, by the way? No, I haven't. Well, that's disconcerting. Yeah. Anyway, Hopefully go ahead. the car is still in Indianapolis. Stolen. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. But, um, it, you know, it, it, so someone could say like, wow, that's really, you know, too bad that the transmission blew up and, and everything else. But first of all, it was, it's in the, in the warranty period. So by just a couple of thousand miles. So we left out there. It doesn't cost any money. But I think where it blew out was is the story. Right. So we had stopped, you know, obviously we'd stopped for gas and food and bathroom breaks between St. Louis and Indianapolis. And we pulled up in front of this really nice hotel, and boom, boom, died. <laughs> boom goes the we transmission. Pulled up in the perfect spot in the you know where our passengers depart. It couldn't have been more perfect. Now, I, I, <laughs> most of you have not been on a road trip with me. I go on a lot of road trips, and if you've gone on a road trip with younger children, so here's what I'll just tell you: we stop like a lot, right? We stop a lot. Um, I drink probably three to four liters of liquid per hour and a half. So if you can get a gauge of how often we stop, uh, we stop a lot. But here's the thing. It could have broken down anywhere, like Larry said. Absolutely anywhere. We stopped, I'm guessing, eight times. Eight times along the way. One time we, like, turned the car off, started the car, pulled forward to a different pump, then pulled up to the gas station part to go in and get something. So like we made the off and on switch in the car a dozen or so times and it made the entire trip the whole way there. Like that doesn't happen unless you believe it's gonna happen. It's like serendipitous, but it's not, it's planned. When you expect good things to happen, they do. Yeah. So 
we had everybody was like, oh, the, the car broke down. I'm like, do you understand how great that is that the car broke down? And they're like, you guys are stupid. And I'm like, no, are we really though? Because in 2000 miles, the car's out of warranty. Yeah, so it broke down at the perfect time. Another fringe benefit is I, I have fallen in love with Indianapolis. It is a great city. So the fact that it broke down in like one of my new favorite cities is nice, but now I get to go back. Yeah, and I, I want to tell you another story. So I wrote a, I wrote a story called Day Interrupted probably two or three years ago. I just re-released it for the new website because it was on our old blog platform. And uh, so the moral of the story was in the middle of something really tragic that happened with my, not tra tragic is the wrong word. My son got into an argument at school. He had to leave school. I went and got him. Um, and this was three years or so ago. And I we went to lunch. And we get out of lunch and right in front of us are these Lime scooters. So I told Lauren, uh, my wife at the time, I said, you take the car. Nicholas and I are taking Lime scooters back. It was like two hour, or like a two mile ride in the middle of the day, just absolutely interrupted everything that we were doing and had a blast. So we break down in this hotel and it's me, Nicholas, the dog and Larry, right? So the first time we bring the dog, we break down. And so we're, we're there and it's just, it's, it's so amazing because the dog's up in the room, Larry's there and we decide to go down and Nicholas and I are going to go get something to eat. And we, we go eat and we come out of the pizza place and what is sitting there, but two, two, where's my thing? Okay. Two lime scooters. So he looks at me. I look at him and he's got this boyish grin on his face, but probably a lot more mature of a boyish grin than what I had on my face. And we just decided to stop everything and just take the moment. Larry, you say something about moments and I always butcher it up. It's about a life and a moment and things like that. Can you share that real quick with our audience? And the quote is, a happy life is just a string of happy moments, but most people miss the happy moments because they're so busy trying to find the happy life. Yeah, and we took that moment and made the most of it. Now, what I will tell you is I'm 44 years old. My son is 17 and we're going down the road on these lime scooters and I'm like jumping curbs and he's like, how are you doing that? I'm like, because if I'm going to bust my ass in front of you, I'm going to do it trying and outworking you. So I like outworked him on the lime scooter. But uh, here's the funny thing where things don't always work out. We took the pizza to go. And I jumped a curb, holding the pizza after riding for over a mile and a half. I'm holding the pizza, jump the curb, it's fine. There's the next little curb and I just drop down. Pizza wipes out everywhere, all over the street. Things are not always working out where pizza is concerned, but, but we had a good did time. It did work out because um, Jim and his son were sharing a room. I At the end of the night, we ordered a pizza, and I would have never thought you could get a pizza at 2 in the morning delivered. 2 o'clock in the morning, delivered to your hotel room yes. in Indy. I love Indy. We, Indy rocks. Indy does rock. But we did, and then uh, I let Jim and Nicholas know there was a pizza, and that was the end of that pizza within minutes. Yeah. Can I give you another story of how things work out? And this is a story of how things work out where other people would find the worst in it, and I almost did, but... This is just where things can get a little bit fun if you allow them to. So I go to dinner at a local restaurant here in St. Louis.
and I had a really nice time. I always, for those of you that know me, I tip pretty well. Like 20% is my low tip point. Um, 30, 40, 50% if the service is good is, is not unheard of. Um, and it's most times, not periodically. So anyway, so I leave this restaurant and I get in the car and all of a sudden I see my windshield wiper lift up. A $1 bill goes down and the wiper slams down. And this kid couldn't have been 17 years old said, here, you need it more than I do. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? Right? So I get out of the car and he goes, you need to learn to tip your waitress. And I'm like, no, no. So I, of course I shut the door and I go back into the restaurant. They're closed. And I'm like, boom, boom, boom. So they, they unlock the door. They let me in. I'm like, let me talk to the manager. So I'm talking to the manager and all of a sudden I see the server goes, it wasn't him. And he goes, it, it wasn't him. Larry's not paying attention to my story. He's focused yeah, on his phone. Are the Cardinals playing? We, they are. They're up to win their 11th in a row. Okay. That's okay. I just was calling you out publicly for everyone <laughs> to see you because they can see the top of your head. Anyway, so I go in. It turns out, and here's what's really great about how things work out. So they mixed me up with somebody else because I had tipped really well. And I learned all about their like internal restaurant community, the people that were there. It's a bunch of college kids and high school kids that have worked together through the pandemic, like over a year they've been there. And this one girl was having a terrible night and she had gotten stiffed on three tips in a row from a table and they thought I was the fourth. Um, so I go in, long story short, I met the manager, developed a great relationship with him. He's actually talked about uh, sponsoring the nonprofit, revitalized that Larry and I sit on the board, talked about doing something for them when we have our next big event. But I was able to go back into that restaurant uh, a week and a half later, and I asked for the server that had been stiffed previously. Now, what I didn't tell you is when I found out that she had been stiffed, I gave her a $20 tip that night and said that should make up for it. Uh, when I came back in, I met with her and uh, gave her another nice tip. And that, that's not the point of it. But the point is that in a situation that could have been bad, that everybody else would have lost their cool. And I, quite frankly, I started to a little bit. I was frustrated, but I met a great community of people that are working hard during the pandemic with a local restaurant chain here in St. Louis, um, potentially found a sponsor for nonprofit event that we're going to have and took a girl who was having a terrible night because of a bad situation, made her have a better night and an even better night. So don't always, I guess here's the moral of my story. Things aren't always working out unless you look for the ways that they can work out and you seize them when they come and larry we've talked about this many times it's it's not what happens to you it's what you do about what happens right. and that was just a fun story and we had a good time and they gave me some free stuff when i came back in the second time not that i was looking for that but free stuff's always fun uh so what about you larry what are your thoughts well I was, you know it's funny you asked because i was thinking about this when i was driving today and i was trying to think like how can i uh say this you know, concisely. So I'll take a shot at it now. 
But one of you've the, already failed. One of the advantages <laughs> that I've had is having so many ups and downs, drug addiction, homelessness, you know, no money, like all, all these theoretically awful things that happened. And, you know, many times they weren't fun and I don't think I'd wish to go through them again. So I acknowledge that. But the great thing about all of them is that I've learned to find happiness within myself versus relying on external conditions for being happy. So I, I say this because so many of my friends have expressed frustration and anger and fear about the COVID situation and how awful the world is and crime and the employment situation, et cetera, et cetera. And all those things exist and I, I don't deny them, but they don't bother me in the way that they bother other people because I know that I can't change external conditions, but I have 100% control over my internal conditions. And once you have control over your internal conditions, you actually absolutely have control over really virtually everything that has to do, has anything to do with you and the external conditions become much less significant. So um, I think, I can't even remember what your question was, Jim, but I've been Shocker. to say this. <laughs> I'm throwing it in now that like, you know, it, it like whatever is going on in the world or your community right now, if it's got you upset, it's not worth being upset over. Figure out a way to find happiness. That's the truth. Yeah, and when you you know find when you can figure out a way to find that happiness, you've really found freedom because you're not tied to external situations. Isn't freedom just another word for nothing left to lose? Yes, and that's true. Like I, my life changed when I lost everything because I realized at the time of losing everything, I was completely free to begin again. And you know, I don't think that you have to go through such an extreme to get to that point, but it was my path and um, it is something I learned from it. But just hope if you take something from this podcast tonight, you can take that in any situation, you can find the happiness. And if you, you, you have to get into the receiving mode of it, you can't be in the resistance of the situation. So you just have to say, you know, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Maybe something good will happen. You don't have to know why it's going to be good, but you just have to allow that light to come in. I, I think those are great points. And I want to, it, it's funny that you say that because every time we do one of these, there's always something that spins out of what I didn't know was going to come. And you were talking about, and I don't want to misquote you. So correct me if I get what you just said wrong with the, the particulars, but when you made the decision to control the external slash internal factors that were going on around you, it gave you an empowerment. Is that a fair yes, complete empowerment. thing? And can you trace that back to a day? I can, I can trace it back to a specific time. I was living out of my car. I didn't really know where I was going to stay every night or eat every day. Um, things were really, really bleak and it was October and I was in Wisconsin and I was parked off to the side of the road and I noticed like across the road and down the street was this small little lake or pond and the leaves were really golden at that time of year and the reflection off the lake of the leaves was spectacular. And what I realized was in this state of trauma and stress and fear that I was in that there was like all this beauty that was around me 
And the trauma and the stress and the fear I was in was real. Like I really didn't know where I was going to park my car or sleep that night. And I really didn't know how I was going to eat that week. But it was also an equal reality that the leaves were amazing. And what I did was I, I began to harness the power of focus. And I just shifted my focus to the beauty of the leaves. And in that moment, I felt a little better. I didn't feel great. And I hadn't solved my problems of where I was going to stay or what I was going to eat. But I felt better in that moment in time. And what happens is when you can begin to, to use your power of focus to feel better without having the conditions having to change that you feel better, you begin to, as Jim said, um, become empowered. And after a period of time and, and, and developing these skills, you, have, you begin to get a momentum. And that's what they call a winning streak or law of attraction, or people say I'm lucky. And I don't really feel it's lucky. It's just because I'm, I'm, I have that winning streak in me and I have that momentum going on. And like great baseball teams, the Cardinals are on the verge of winning their 11th in a row. Like they can't do anything bad. Like if the guy slips, he slips and, and he outstretches his glove and he catches the ball. Like every bounce is going right for them. And that's right. because they're riding this, this wave of confidence. Right. So it's funny that you said, and I kind of knew that was your story that you were going to go with because I've heard that story and it really is, it's part of who you are. In fact, when we went to um, Puerto Vallarta for the first time, they have this fake tree there and it's like this burning bush tree so all the the, the tree is like yellowish it's a, it's, it's a fake tree but it's cascading leaves and i'm always like larry that's your that's your wisconsin tree right that's that's the tree that reminds you and and things come really full circle for us and over the course of the next few weeks i'm really hoping we can let the cat out of the bag as to what that means it's just so amazing how much so but for and larry i'm going to hit you with a trivia question that, that you're not prepared for and i don't know if you're going to know the answer uh if you're looking at the notes you may so just stay eyes on the camera uh but one of my favorite things to do in my free time and i don't have a lot of free time Right, but when I do, there's something that I really yeah. like to do. Do you know what that is? I know what it is. Go to movies. Yes, I love to go to the movies. And you said you said you can trace it back to a particular situation. So I think I've told you this, but I don't know that I've ever shared this publicly. I I know the day I fell in love with the movies. And there's a story around it that I'll share with you really quickly. I hated going to the movies because there was always a line. And, you know, back for some of you that are listening to this, you used to not have prepared seats. Like you didn't know where you were going to sit. You had to get there early or you ended up in the front looking up at the screen like straight vertical. Um, and so there was a movie coming out called Scream 3. And it was released on February 3rd, 2000 in the United States. And I went to buy tickets for it. That was it was a Thursday but that was only released in California. So you had to wait till Friday to see it in the United States. So the local movie theater in St. Louis was showing it at midnight on Thursday night slash Friday morning, because technically it's Friday night. And I go to buy tickets at 1130 because who doesn't, right? And there's a line out the door and they're like, I'm sorry, we're sold out of screen tickets. And I happen to know that they sell about 10 to 15% less than their actual capacity. And 
So I said, well, give me tickets for fill in a blank. I had no idea what it was, but I knew I was going to see Scream. So then I go inside and I see that the line that was at the door is lined up all to see Scream. And so I walked right up to the front and there's a police officer there and there's the little ticket taker who was like 15, 16 years old. And I said, look, I wanna see Scream and I'll give you 20 bucks to let me in right now. And the cop looked at him and he goes, I'd do it. <laughs> so I hand the guy 20 bucks and I walk in and I was greeted with a surprise. And this is, this is another example of things work out. So I go in and there is a row, solid row of people all in like dress shirts, ties. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> no idea who they are. But I assumed if I sat somewhere else, I would be conspicuous, right? So I walked right up and sat right with them and we start talking. Turns out it was the general manager and assistant general manager from every movie theater in the area that was at the, at the theater and they had gotten let in ahead of time because you know they, they work there, they run it. It was a local movie theater chain called Warenberg here. Um, but let me just say these managers were the most obnoxious people watching the movie. They were talking through the whole movie, throwing popcorn, making noise. Um, but the movie was okay. But then the movie ended and everybody got up except for this row of people. And I'm like, well, I can't blow my cover now. So I stayed there and we're just talking, we're just talking, talking, talking. And like a half an hour goes by. It's like three in the morning now. The movie's over. They're all there. And they finally started getting up. So of course I got up with them. And there was a guy there. His name is Ryan Chester. And he turned to me and goes, you don't work here, do you? And I go, I do not. And he goes, how did you get in? I go, do you really want to know? I go, he goes, yeah. And I told him the story. And he goes, that's amazing. He goes, just come back when you want to see a movie and at, just ask for me. So for the next probably 12 or 15 years, I didn't pay for a movie. I didn't pay for a movie. I didn't pay for popcorn. I didn't pay for anything. It, it, he doesn't work there now or he'd probably get fired for that. But I came in and I fell in love with the movies. And I've seen virtually every movie that's come out in the movie theater in recent years. And I found there's always a little bit of a lesson. I'll just throw some of that at you. So these are movies that are out now. Malignant, Black Widow, Green, Black Widow, Green Knight, Jungle Cruise, Unholy, Snake Eyes, F9, Nobody, The Marksman, Separation, Suicide Squad, Old. I've seen them all. Uh, Paw Patrol, Free Guy, all those. I've seen them all a couple times. Now I have to pay for them, so it's really sad. But the moral of the story and what I want to share with you is there's almost always a lesson. And Larry, you took the kids to see a movie. It was Raya something. And there was, there was a ton of lessons in there about trust. And I always find that the movies are really entertaining. So what I thought I'd do is I'd take this useless thing that I like to do and I will add it. So each week that I go see a movie on the podcast, I'll tell you if it sucks or if it's good. And then you tell me, if you agree with my opinion, because I never agreed with the opinions of the critics of movies. I found the movies that they say are terrible. I love and the movies that I love, they say are terrible. You know what I mean? Uh, but 
it's it's really interesting because things always tend to work out for us and i thought i'd take that funny story and add it to kind of the makeup of this podcast and share with you the lessons that i learned in the movies and we could go from there i you seem totally unenthralled or interested in my story larry i i don't care for movies at all i mean although i must say like when i go and it's rare i think i've been to maybe two movies in the last year and that's only because of my grandkids um when i but both of them i did enjoy what did you see besides raya i don't know another kid's movie I like the kids' movies. Like, I'm gonna have to borrow children as my kids get too old for the kids' movies because I like to go to the movies. Um, and I like seeing the kids' movies, but I don't want to be the, the old creepy guy in there. Is it because it removes you from like life, isn't that right? Yeah, no, for me, it's, your escape. it's my only escape. I used to watch TV. I used to do a lot of things, but you know, I <laughs> in, in the online dating world, it's, it's funny because every ex has a horror story about their ex and and i was obviously not a great ex or i would still or great current so i wouldn't be an ex but you know i'm like i don't play video games i don't um i don't drink and get drunk i don't do drugs i don't any of these things i don't watch a lot of tv i don't hang out with the boys on sunday and watch football uh but i like to go to a movie a week it's my only escape where i just take a minute and and doing the things we've done in indianapolis like the brain mapping i just i realized how unable to calm down i am like when when kevin says close your eyes my eyes are moving i have no control of them they're closed right but they're up down left right ba start some of you will get that reference um but they're always moving and the movies is like where I can put my brain on autopilot and just take a step back. And it's it's really my, I would venture to say, it's probably my only consistent vice mm -hmm. that I have in my life. And I love it because it's, you know, for those of you that know me and those of you that know Larry, it's like, we're always on right there we're always in go mode and i'm more intense than larry unless you disagree no, I uh, but like i'm always on i talk to everybody i i share food with people in a restaurant that i just met i'm like here try this toasted ravioli and they're like yeah i will right so it's always on and that is the place where i can just be off i can turn it off i can shut it down i can let go and it's it's a powerful thing for me and i encourage you uh it's part of my recharge process um I, I mean i get pleasure from going but it's part of the recharge and that's one of the things that i focus on is getting a good recharge and that that movie helps me to get it but good point larry i didn't even yeah. think about that so speaking of we were talking about brain scanning brain mapping neurofeedback yeah so about 20 some years ago i had a friend in scottsdale arizona who went for some brain mapping and brain training. I'd never heard of it before. And she had some uh, PTSD issues. I mean, she had a lot of issues. Two of her children had committed suicide and some other things going on in her life. And she went to this brain training and brain mapping and she just said it, it really changed her, it really shifted her energy. And she spoke highly of it. And that was it, like I pretty much 
forgotten about it, even though she'd bring it up occasionally. But when we were doing our Changemaker series for Revitalize, where we were highlighting 45 changemakers around the country doing great things, one of the people that Jim had come in contact with was a gentleman who was doing this brain mapping and brain training. And after we had finished the interview, I'd suggested to Jim, I'm like, you know, you, you might want to try this. You, you might want to go out there and actually, you know, use it. So that's how we started going to Indianapolis. And now um, his kids have been doing it. I've, I've had my third session of the brain training and it's a really interesting technique. You might want to Google it and check it out. Yeah, and there may or may not be a place in your area that does it, but what he does is on like a super high level, and it's really interesting. I was, uh, it's a non-invasive procedure. They basically put earmuffs on and they play tones that that your body looks for the frequency that your brain looks for the frequency. But you know, I was doing it, and and all of a sudden, while I'm sitting in the chair, mind racing a million miles a minute. Um, I mean, like my resting heart rate is a hundred. So like when I say I'm always going, always moving, I'm always going, always moving. And I was sitting there and all of a sudden it was just like my whole body deflated. I was like, <sighs> and Nicholas, when he did it, my 17 year old said the same thing. It's like, you just like slept eight hours. And I'm not saying it's for everybody. I don't even know what the results are going to be long-term. But it's been really interesting. I, I wear a watch that tracks my sleep score. And after just five treatments, my sleep score is the highest it's been in the four years I've been wearing a watch that that tracks that. So it's really an interesting thing. And uh, I'm excited to explore it more. And if you guys need a referral or need more information about it, um, feel free to reach out to us. You can hit us at hello at the Jim and Larry team dot com and i do want to take a minute it seems like a good time to take a quick break and and remind everybody of the partners program most of the people that are following us are following us because they either have an entrepreneurial spirit they are an entrepreneur they own a business they aspire to own a business but a lot of the people that follow us fall into one of two buckets they're that business entrepreneurial type person or they are a group of people that are aspiring to live their best life. And we call that Meraki. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, this is not about them for that particular moment. This is really about the people that are looking to take that next step in their business. One thing that Larry and I pride ourselves on is the, the three plus years that we had the physical next core building in St. Louis. We helped over 275 new businesses start there. Uh, we had our hands on, you know, probably five or 600 that were already established and we got to uh, provide some feedback or training or share some knowledge and nuggets with them. And it has always been a dream of mine. And Larry, I know it's been uh, a dream of yours and something, quite frankly, that you've done. You have more experience at this than I do to be able to invest in. And I don't just mean money, but invest time, effort, energy in helping to shape and form and direct and drive these entrepreneurs and small business owners and share some of the skills and candidly some of the mistakes that we've made right. one of my key catchphrases is let our pain be your shortcut 
And like, seriously, I mean it, we've, I, we've got a lot of pain and a lot of mistakes that we made in the business world, but we always rebound and we always bounce back and things really do always work out for us, no matter how glim or dreary or drab the situation, we land beat down, yeah. just like a cat. Right. So the partners program is an opportunity. You can go to, again, jimandlarryteam.com forward slash partners, and you can submit an application. And we're gonna invest uh, time, effort, energy, and cash into your business if you're selected. And Larry, you wanna share why this was important to you and why well, we chose really to do this? to me because um, having come back from being broke and homeless and losing a business and losing most everything I had, there weren't many people that wanted to take a chance on me and there weren't many people that wanted to right. invest in me. And it, it's you know hard to say, you know, hey, trust me, but here's my track record. But the bottom line was I knew- I I've done it. shit, join yeah. me. Well, I, I, I have done some really good things. Right. I did lose it all and I did mess up. But the, the reason I want to do this is, is there were people that were cheerleaders for me and that that you know stood with me and stood behind me and I love to give back and be that for someone else. It's fun to be a part of someone else's dream. Yeah, it really is. And we've gotten uh, quite a few applications already and hearing the stories of why people do it, um, it's really interesting. A, a previous career that Larry and I had, one of the things that we would always talk about when we were training people was why, why are you doing this? And you can really drill down and ultimately the why typically stands for what's hurting you and let me let me flip the script a little bit one of the guys we were talking about earlier kevin the guy in indianapolis that does the brain training his story larry if, if you remember this you can take it away but his story started because he was a bully mm -hmm. and in third grade there was a kid they brought in i think they were trampolines but they brought in like something special in pe class and this this kid that Kevin bullied him, he was he was uh, some kind of special needs. I don't know what it was, and I don't mean not to be insensitive. I just don't want to mistake or misspeak what it was. But he idolized Kevin, and he kept saying, "Kevin, when is it my turn?" He goes, "Just one more lap, and then you get to go." And then the class ended, and the kid was like crying, yeah. and Kevin felt so bad that that day he switched from being the bully and admitted acknowledged apologetic bully to being the defender of those kids and it's like i know him now all he talked about is wanting to do this for kids stop kid and, and uh yeah, teenage suicide the story he he lost track of the guy that he, for 30 years right that he had bullied and then here comes Facebook. Yeah, here comes, and then he, he finds them, they reconnect and, and have a really good relationship. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's just really neat. But the point was the pain ties into the why. Why does he do this? It's from the pain of something that he inflicted on someone that he's reminded of uh, since the third grade. That's a long time. So why, a lot of people say why stands for what's hurting you. Right, but the why for some of these people, why they're doing their business, it really, um, it reminds me of, of us a little bit. And I don't mean that to sound arrogant, but like the, the reason why we do things are, a lot of them are pain driven, but the reality that when you can work through that pain, the reward is amazing. And a lot of people will wallow in the pain. And I think we use it as fuel. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's kind of like the guy that says, well, I don't know if I can do that because I got the kids. Right. And then the other person says, I don't know how I couldn't do that because I've got those kids. Right. So it's like, don't make your reason why your reason why not. And these people seem to all have it. So if you want to submit an application, please do. We're accepting applications through October 31st. Somebody's going to get a happy Halloween. Uh, and then we'll review those throughout the month of November. Decision will be made between Christmas and New Year's. Um, and if we find something really, really spectacular, we may make a decision sooner. Right, Larry? Yeah, and you'll want to check out our website. It's a new website, thejimandlarryteam.com. And I think we're about to add a new tagline. What's that tagline? Don't ask me questions I'm not prepared for. No, it's we build businesses and grow the people who lead them. And that was a that was a phrase that we had back uh, in the next core days. And it really is what we do. Um, it's what we've always wanted to do. And it's it's good sometimes to get back to your roots on steroids. So um, Larry, do you want to can we talk a little bit about the uh, the pet adventure with my son, Nicholas? Yeah, so having kids that love pets. We've had the dogs, the cats, and now there's demand for a monkey, a bird. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. So my son, Nicholas, who's like a great, great kid, super athletic, really good looking. Um, he, we had this dog, Rosie, and I think I've shared the story of the dog, but our, our dog was, both dogs were poisoned. Uh, and one died on the way to treatment, which was just really, I, I, that dog was a disturber of all things. Like she got into everything and, and she, she died, like she lived getting into things. And, um, but she was a great dog, super affectionate, like lovey dog. And I think there's been a void, but the reason why I wanted to bring this up is when I was a kid, I always wanted a monkey and there's that, um, bare naked lady song haven't you ever wanted a monkey right so all of a sudden nicholas calls and he goes i think i want to get a monkey and he starts sending us all these pictures of the monkey and i i've gotten decent at, at photoshop but i said nicholas you'll have to take the monkey back and forth between right. between the house and your mom's house so he, I said, you got to ask your mom. And I knew what she was going to say. It wasn't a no, it was a hell no. And uh, so he calls her and he's like, I should get a monkey. And she's like, absolutely not. Just look, rattles off all these reasons why there's no monkey. And let me just say, she's 100% right. Um, but I've gotten uh, to play around with this Photoshop. And so I had Nicholas come over. <laughs> I photoshopped the monkey into his arms like he had his hand like this and it was a hand like this just like he was holding the monkey and photoshopped it and i sent the image to my son andrew and he goes that's photoshop now andrew's 10. and then i sent the image to lauren and she said you're an idiot <laughs> so she fired back she i don't know if she thought it was real or she was just pissed that i sent it um but that was my second reprieve but Fortunately, he came to the conclusion on his own that it wasn't a good idea. Right. And then he found a bird that he wanted to get. And then he's like, and this bird, he calls me when he's like, you have to come here. And I'm like, where are you? And he's like, I'm at the pet shop. 
And I go there and of course he wants to put a deposit down on this bird that has to be hand fed, can't go home for six weeks. And it's one of those birds that like cocks and pecks its head and it can learn to talk and he goes, think of all the curse words we could teach it. <laughs> so, and then I started getting texted videos of birds cursing at people, but he also came uh, to his senses on that. But it's, it's really interesting. And the point that I wanted to make talking about that is life is always interesting right and when you experience some level of loss and i think rosie was a big loss for everybody um like you seek to fill that loss with something and sometimes the filling of the loss can be really impractical so my only words of wisdom on this is someone that almost ordered the monkey and almost put the deposit on the bird and wanted to go to the pet store the same day like because i'm impulsive like that is take a minute and think on it. You may come to your senses. <laughs> you may come to your senses. Um, but what's funny is Larry was bought into it. For those of you that don't know the story, uh, Larry and I are not together, not even close to together, uh, but we live together. I ended up in his basement like a child about two years ago. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a hell of a basement. There's there's you know six figures and upgrades in the basement. Three new bedrooms, yeah. master lounge with three TVs side by side. The small ones are 65 inch, yeah. the big ones 85 right. inch. But like it's a pad. There's a beer fridge in there, a copier that doesn't belong, right? <laughs> but, but it's a uh, it's a cool thing. But so Larry lives upstairs. I live downstairs, and the kids live downstairs slash upstairs, and they just leave their shit everywhere. Uh, so do I. So does Larry, but not near as much. But so Nicholas had Larry virtually convinced on the monkey and to, to like admit it. No. <laughs> then he started looking to monkeys make good pets. And it right. turns out they throw their poop and yeah. when they, they have to be with you all the time. Anyway, it's a it's a silly story, but Nicholas is very convincing. And if you don't believe me, we'll be talking about some of that next week. Um, we've got one more topic and before we line it up i want to make sure you don't have anything to talk about going into this have we missed anything you wanted to cover no okay so every wednesday we do a recurring topic and we do it as a as a live event streamed on our website which is of course the jim and larry team.com forward slash streaming and we have these events and the first Wednesday of each month is Get Focused. The second is Extreme Ownership. The third is Our Take. And the fourth is Unapologetically Us. And we try and tackle subjects that are relevant to people, but also things that are, I don't want to say controversial, but they're, they're deal breakers for some. For example, depending upon how you feel, if somebody walked up to you and said, Donald Trump is the greatest president that ever lived, you're going to feel a certain way. If he walked up and said, Donald Trump is the worst president that ever lived, you're going to feel a certain way. Very few people don't have an opinion on high level topics, uh, including us. But we try and take these with a pragmatic, non-defined approach. Larry's usually better at it than I am. But one of the things that we've uh, talked about is the mandates, the vaccine and the mask mandates. And we did a show on that. And for those of you- We had many social media posts on it. 
Yeah, many social media posts on it. We we did an interview with a doctor about what impact the vaccine has on your brain and how it can impact that. It was not us sharing our opinion, although those were sprinkled in, but it was um, it was just the topic. And one of the organizations, and I don't want to mention their name, I think they're a great organization and we will continue to support them, but one of the organizations that we've supported over the last several years, uh, either directly or indirectly, financially or with space or with time, um, we had sponsored a major event for them and uh, made a $10,000 donation to be the lead sponsor in the event. And they called us and they said, hey, um, I don't know how to make this call, but we can't be associated with your brand because of your anti-vaccine statements. And to be clear, we've never made a statement that's anti-vaccine. It may be perceived as anti-vaccine, but it was just all about like choice. And the reason why I wanted to bring up this topic is one of the things that's hot in the news is cancel culture, right? Is cancel culture a real thing? And to be very candid, we were just canceled. So we made the donation. We were the lead sponsor. We no longer are the lead sponsor. But I want to share my take on that. Um, and my take is in their shoes, I would have done the exact same thing. It was about protecting their brand. And I want to say that to everybody that's out there that might fall victim to or perceived victim to cancel culture. Our, our second topic each Wednesday is extreme ownership. So when you take an extreme position on an extreme topic and you share extreme things, you have to expect that other people have to do what they do to protect themselves. So Larry, I, I'm willing to bet you had no idea that was the direction I was going to take this conversation tonight, but I'm curious your, your thoughts on that, because I think if we were posed with the same position based on our audience, and if there was somebody that was on a different side of the spectrum and we knew that the association would impact our business, I think we would have to make some decisions that were, that were difficult. And I think that's true in life. And I'm just curious your, your take. No, I mean, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. My only comment in regards to this specific incident is I never felt we were anti-vaccine and, and I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm just pro-choice about the vaccine. So, but apparently, you know, what, what you think, meaning like what everybody thinks about how they portray themselves it is, you know, you have the inside advantage because you know what's in your mind, but, it, but other people see you often as different than you see yourself. So it was just interesting that they saw us differently and, you know, completely acknowledged their decision and were choosing to support them financially and they're a great organization. Yeah, and I'm willing to bet, let me just be clear, if we would have said, no, you got to give the money back, they would have given the money back, right? Like they had to make the decision that was yeah. best for their business. But, you know, the moral of the story is this, and you said it a different way, but one of the things that I always, always, always say, and I've taught my children this, it was one of the first lessons I ever taught them and everybody that I've ever talked to in business, I, I stress this, and Larry, I think you agree. It doesn't matter what you say. Right. 
It only matters what they hear, mm -hmm. right? So you have to be willing to let what you say be interpreted in the way that the other people hear it. And if it's borderline at all, know that it may be interpreted different than you believe, and that's okay. So, but if you give energy to it, like when it first happened, I was a little upset. I was like, well, why, why? That's, we're not anti-vaccine. We're not, that we're, we just want people to hear and make their own decisions. But it doesn't matter. And if you spend a lot of time giving your, giving your attention to that, then you're going to be owned by, manipulated by, encumbered by someone else's feelings that you have literally no control over. You've already said it. It was already heard. It wasn't heard the way you meant it to be heard, but it was already done. So one of the things that we teach is mastering the pivot, right? And that's something's going to take you in a direction that maybe you don't want to go. And you can either go down that road, but remember every step down that road you take is another step you're going to have to take back on your way back. So the sooner you stop walking and make the turn, master the spin, create the art of the pivot, the better off you're going to be. And these are not things that we teach because they make us money. These are things that we've taught because they make us who we are and hopefully they will make you money. And down the road, I'd love to make some money with you. And that's part of what our belief is, is, you know, there's all ships can rise with the tides, but if there's not enough water, we're all going to sink. So let's just make sure the holes are plugged and we're dumping some water in. Larry, I, I'm going to give you a couple of seconds on the final thing. Then we can talk about what we're going to talk about on the next podcast. Uh, well, I'm going to take actually a little bit more than a couple seconds. You take your time. You brought something up that that it was not discussed for tonight, so hopefully you won't mind me sharing it. But I mind nothing. That, <laughs> one of the things that we always said is we want to be transparent in the way that we work as partners, because it's not it's not easy being someone's business partner, just like it's not easy being someone's you know life partner, marriage partner, whatever it is. But just to be clear, <laughs> we're just business partners. We get a lot of people asking. Sorry. Yeah, so it's not easy always to be someone's partner because two people have two different viewpoints. And one of the things that many people have said to me is that Jim has a way of, of doing the social media that, that some people feel is combative or I, I may, that maybe the word is offensive, but um, I'll just use the word very bold. And that's not my style. I have, I have a different style. That's one of the reasons we're great business partners because we each have complementary styles. And I realized that it, it's called the Jim and Larry team and he puts something out and that's not the way I would have said it. People assume because it's the Jim and Larry team that that's that I'm saying that. But um, that's not the case. But I think my advice to anyone out there who is in a business partnership is you, you have to allow each person to have a, a level of freedom and a level of um, autonomy. And I think that for our partnership, it's that flavor that makes us, I want to say, unique and different. Yeah. And for those of you that wonder, Larry has the ability to review all the posts after they've been posted, but does not have the ability to edit. 
So any beef you have with the social media, bring it on, baby. Bring it to me. Only me. Yeah. So No, that's not true. He posted a couple of things. I would love to do uh, an episode or a show on business partners. It's not easy. It's not. I mean, like the other day, we, we had some. We got angry. We got angry. And I mean, there's many times each of us have quit and said, we, you know, we don't want to do it. So I, I, I mean, do you? You think that'd be a good show, Jim? I, I think it'd be. What it takes to be a business. Well, person. as long as we can be raw and yeah. and real, which is totally our right. style, more right. my style than yours, apparently, according to what I heard just now. Uh-huh. Um, but, but yeah, it's, end, it always you know it always works out. Yeah, and the one thing that's that's funny. Can I share just an element on that again? Un, unexpected, but one of the things that happens with us is, is we get very excited about ideas or concepts or things that we could do and the world of possibilities you know it's um it's vast and it's massive and i think as you get older and life kicks you a couple of times your peter pan style belief in never never land begins to dwindle away and reduce and your level of excitement um wanes a little bit mm-hmm. or can become affected or impacted by others and so we have like the immature boy excitement when things happen and then we run with that until the adrenaline wears off and then the reality sometimes kicks in of, holy cow that's going to cost two hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> or oh my god like we're stranded in indianapolis <laughs> But it it always works out. And the beauty of a good partnership, and your dad said this, and I remember a a couple in Indianapolis, not Indianapolis, Oklahoma City. I remember them, uh, Ed and Lyria Lacey. They worked for a company that, that you and I were affiliated with. And Ed came up in front of the room and he said, you know, I quit all the time, but never on the same day that Lyria quits. And I've heard a bunch of other people say it, but like they were partners in life that were also partners in business. But one of the things that Larry and I have learned to do is, and and I encourage you to do this. I wish I could have done it in my marriage better than I did. But one of the things that we've been able to do is get mad and then let it go. And when we get frustrated about something, we express our fears about it and sometimes we need a disclaimer hey i'm expressing my fears i'm not firing you or quitting on you like um but the beauty is being able to be you and being able to share whatever is on your heart and that transparency it's it's tough because with transparency comes vulnerability Mm -hmm. and people do not like to feel vulnerable and the beauty of any good partnership is the ability to be vulnerable, the willingness to put yourself out there and the discretion of the person you're in business with or in a relationship with to not attack you for that vulnerability. And it's a, it's a hard balance, right? Because when Larry's scared, it makes me mad. And when I'm scared, it makes Larry mad. Um, And I think that's probably true in all of your relationships that you have, you know, some of the things you get frustrated with, with each other, but Remember that you cannot control how you feel, but if you don't let out how you feel, you will be controlled by it. So you have to let those things out and you have to be 
comfortable enough and confident enough in the partnerships, the relationships, the friendships that you have to have someone that you can share that with. So I'll just, I'll say, I'm grateful to you for you and that freedom that we have. And I encourage all of you that are out there that don't have it to realize you don't have the perfect partnership and either work with your partner to evolve each other, take the assessment and then make the decision to evolve and subsequently grow or you're in the wrong relationship, whether it's business or life or whatever. Um, and relationships are dangerous when they're wrong. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, second that, and, but I really, I would love to do a show on, on, you know, business partnerships and cause there's a lot of, par I mean, there's so many people I know that, that are in some type of business partnership and I'd love to, you know, share the wins, the losses and how we've navigated it. I think that would be a great show. We should do a reality TV show. I mean, seriously, roommates don't survive more than a year's lease. Yeah. And like the, what, <laughs> what makes it like really unusual is not only are we business partners, which can be hard enough in and of itself, but it'll, it's almost two years now we've been living together. And quasi co-parents. Yeah, right. And, you know, Larry adopted two children, and I adopted four grandchildren. We didn't know it was going to so happen. There's, there's the, it's a multi-tiered partnership, and several businesses. And so it's it's most unusual, and I I never thought it would you know end up this way, but it is, and it's great, and it's a journey, and I love it so. Yes. I think that would be great. Let's let's let's, let's book it, Dana. Yes. We'll we'll schedule that. That should be a uh, that should be an extreme ownership topic, yes. maybe. Yeah. Anyway, next week we've got some crazy things that we're going to be talking about. We already know what's going to happen this week because we have calendars and we plan. So we've got negotiations with international businesses. If you've never done that, it's interesting. Just navigating time zones, things like that. We're going to talk about the feedback that we've gotten on the podcast that we've done and the topics that we've done that are so controversial. We've gotten some specific feedback. Larry is going to be on the road to recovery. We'll talk about that. He doesn't want me to talk. One of the things I, I don't, this is kind of, I don't know, maybe trivial, but I don't know how things are in Hungary because I, I don't go there. But did you notice that both of the guys were working with in Hungary? Their, their last name is their first name. So that's their surname. Their surname? Yeah, that's just it's the way they address each other. They address each other by their last name. Well, I mean, in this case, they do. Let's, wonder, is there anybody from Hungary I listening? Can you put some notes in there? Like they all call them by their last name, and I just didn't know. They that, did. I'm going to start calling you Cone. Is that how it's done in Hungary, or is that just that? Never, Never been to Hungary. I haven't either. It's getting late though, and I'm getting hungry. Okay, time to go. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just teasing. Um, so we've got feedback on the podcast, controversial topics. We may or may not be able to share with you just how things come full circle. I will tell you that we are getting close, but full circle is going to be a topic of 2022 for us, for sure. We're going to talk about how convincing slash maybe manipulative my 17 is and the fallout from that but we'll talk about all this and more on next week's podcast but larry 
this is yours to take us away. Anything else you want to share? The last 10 seconds are yours. Oh, I'm good. So I appreciate everybody watching. If you have any feedback, please let us know. Until next week, be safe, be blessed. The Jim and Larry Show.